I think a lot of times we talk about the hierarchy for a child's needs that we want to make sure that they're feeling, you know, secure, that they have their sleep, their food, you know, all of those things attended to, but we don't necessarily consider that those might be things we need to think about for our parents too. You know, if they're going through some big changes at home, they might not have the bottom of their hierarchy stable enough to be really focused on like learning new things and incorporating new things into their day. So keeping all of that in mind when we're creating goals for them. Hey there, and welcome to the Speechy Side Up podcast. My name is Benita Litvak, and I am so grateful you're here. I'm an ASHA certified speech language pathologist, author, and augmentative and alternative communication consultant who is obsessed with helping SLPs like you stop reinventing the wheel and connect with other SLPs in the trenches. Have you ever wondered how other SLPs seem to be doing it all with ease? Well, around here, you'll get to hear firsthand how SLPs are really getting things done while keeping evidence-based practice and self-care in mind. Think of this as a coffee date with your SLP friends. Get ready to be challenged and encouraged while we learn together. Today, I'm joined by Kim Lewis, a certified speech-language pathologist and owner of Activity Taylor a private pediatric practice based in Greensboro, North Carolina. Kim works with toddlers, preschoolers, and early elementary age children and their families. Kim is a frequent contributor to the ASHA Leader Magazine and has also appeared in advance for speech language pathologists. She has presented at the Learning Lab at ASHA and sessions at the state conventions, including North Carolina, Georgia, and Tennessee. Her caregiver tendencies also manifest in a passion for senior rescue dogs. Kim married her college sweetheart and they're enjoying their new empty nest status now that both of their children have graduated from college. Kim, thank you so much for coming today. Thank you so much for having me today, Vanita. I've been excited about this. Yeah, we were saying that we've communicated quite a bit on social media, and now we're finally getting to see each other face-to-face and do this interview, so it's really awesome that it it's is. all coming together. I know. I'm I'm excited about that. It's been a little while since I've been to any of the state conventions or to ASHA because of COVID and just travel restrictions and things like that, so it is. It's nice to start to get back to seeing people. Awesome. Even, even so- in this forum. Yeah, right. Exactly. Well, (laughs) did that bio cover everything? Is there anything else you want to share before we discuss supporting caregivers today? Sure. So I'll share a little bit about my um, educational background. I have a bachelor's in economics, actually, from Colby College in Maine. So I didn't start out as someone who knew that they wanted to go into speech language pathology. And I worked briefly in children's publishing and then went back to school at the University of Virginia, which is where I got my master's in um, communication disorders. I've received the award for continuing education and ACE award a couple of times from ASHA. And I have extensive background in both social thinking and some of Hannon's workshops as well. Great. Thank you so much for sharing that. It's nice for people to kind of have an idea of like where you come from, how you became an SLP. So I appreciate you sharing that. Sure. Did you want to share anything before we get into our topics and questions today? I think what I wanted to share was this idea that 
SLPs, I feel like a lot of times are very eager to share information with caregivers, but unless we really take time to think about what the perspective of that caregiver is, we're not going to be quite as successful as we're hoping to be. That makes sense. And that's a really good point to make. So what tips do you have for listening to and valuing a caregiver's perspective? So I think a lot of times we we talk about, okay, we really want to be listening to our caregivers. We really want to be getting their input for things like um, goals and activities. And all of that's really important. But I think if we use our language, we can really make a difference in how we align ourselves with those caregivers. So not just asking, you know, what is it that's important to you? What's something that would help right now? But coming at it with something like, I'm curious, or I wonder, which keeps you um, on more of the same footing. It's not so much a power type dynamic when we're doing it that way. Um, even repeating things back that maybe those parents or those caregivers have said to you with, this is what I heard you say, and seeing if what you heard is actually what they meant. Because I think sometimes we're bringing in such a wealth of information and we kind of have our assumptions or biases as to where this is going. And sometimes that prevents us from really hearing what that parent or what that caregiver is, is actually saying. Yeah, no, that makes a lot of sense. And I like those keywords or phrases that you suggested so that anybody who's listening can write those down and use those whenever they're interacting with parents or supporting them. I appreciate yeah. that. So how do you choose therapy goals? So when we're, when we're choosing goals that are meaningful to the family, um, you know, we want to consider the big picture. So we are asking them, you know, what is something that's going to be helpful to you right now and getting some of those uh, specific goals that they want to include. But I think we also need to be considering some of the obstacles that might be getting in that family's way. So a lot of times I know in my practice, I'm working with very young kids. I might be working with two, three or four year olds. And in that life stage for those caregivers, very often they're pregnant or they have another infant at home. You know, it's falling into that kind of two to three year spacing that a lot of families do when they have their kids. So we really need to be thinking too about, are there other things that are going on here? You know, is this a mom who might be struggling with some postpartum depression from another child or is in the throes of pregnancy and you know, coming up with these goals are going to be harder maybe for them to implement because they've just got a lot going on at the house. Um, I think a lot of times we talk about the hierarchy for a child's needs that we wanna make sure that they're feeling, you know, secure, that they have their sleep, their food, you know, all of those things attended to, but we don't necessarily consider that those might be things we need to think about for our parents too. You know, if they're going through some big changes at home, they might not have the bottom of their hierarchy stable enough to be really focused on like learning new things and incorporating new things into their day. So keeping all of that in mind when we're creating goals for them. 
That's really important. Are there types of questions that you ask or questionnaires that you use to see where a parent is at when you're starting a session? Actually, I do. When I when I start working with a family, I have a rubric that I use that asks them specifically, so how do you feel about your knowledge with speech and language development? And I think it gives them a chance to really reflect and be like, okay, this is something I know a lot about, or actually it's not something I know a lot about. Um, I'll ask them things like, you know, they're worded as a, a statement that they might say. So um, I feel confident that my child will catch up with peers. Like th that's great information for you to have, you know, whether the parent's saying, no, I don't, or yes, I'm absolutely certain that they're going to. So I, I try to give a rubric from the beginning. And then I ask them some questions too, as far as what are the biggest challenges that you're facing right now? Where do you picture your child's gonna be in six months from now? Where do you picture your child being in five years? So they can really start to even think themselves because a lot of times they haven't thought about it that much. You know, they're very tied up in what's going on right now. Mm -hmm. Those are really great questions that anybody could add to their intake forms or ask when they're doing like an initial meet and greet or consultation. So thank you exactly. for sharing those. Mm -hmm. How do you maintain manageable or unmanageable expectations? When it comes to caregivers having um, expectations that are not appropriate, I think a lot of us as SLPs have been trained to really help bring those kind of more in line with what their child's abilities are going to be. I think where we tend to get a little um, astray is when we get so excited about sharing information or, you know, we have so much expertise, so much that we want to tell the parent and we start inundating them with so much information all at once. And we're not considering what kind of progress that parent or that caregiver is going to be able to make. So really encouraging um, ourselves to hold back a little bit giving them time to process, uh, really incorporate the the lessons that we're teaching them over time so that they they can make steady gains and you know the progress that we we know they can make. We don't want to overwhelm them with so much that it just becomes like another thing that, you know, I, I can't do this mm -hmm. type of thing. Just kind of put my hands up and say no more. That makes sense. How are you gauging that with your families? Because I feel like some families can take on a lot more and some families like the bare minimum. Sure. Um, and that's a, a great thing to, to think about, I think. Some of it, I think you're going to be able to judge when you're working with your, your families. You know, they're asking you the right kinds of questions that make you know, okay, they've got this, we can move on. Um, when I'm working with caregivers that have young kids at home. I'm giving them the information, but I'm also taking the time to make sure that they know how to train somebody else at home. I really encourage my caregivers not to be the only one that's doing all the work. So if I have a, usually it's a mom, if I have a mom with me and we're talking about, okay, these are the things we're gonna implement this week. Who else can we, can we teach at home? 
show me how you're going to explain this or tell me how you're going to explain this to your partner, to the nanny, to, you know, a daycare provider. Um, and that kind of feedback can really help you understand where they are in their learning. Great suggestion. Thank you for sharing that. Mm -hmm. So do you provide home programs for your families? I do. So a lot of times I'm doing parent training, caregiver training in my session. I'm almost always following up with a one-page handout because I think a lot of times we think we understand something and then when they're not there in the session, they need a little bit of support. That written handout can make a, a world of difference for them. And then in addition to that, I'll send home some activities. And typically those activities for my young ones are something that the parent and I, caregiver and I have come up with together. And we'll talk about what is that activity gonna be as well as, so when are we going to do this during the day? When is a time that makes sense to you? What's something we can do to remind ourselves that this is when we're going to do that activity? so that there's some ownership and, and follow through on what's gonna happen. And then with my older students, because I do see some that are in early elementary grades right now, I usually send them home with something that they're very motivated by so that it's not the responsibility of the caregiver to say, okay, time for speech homework, You know, we need to do this. I really strive to choose things that a child is gonna bring home and say, hey, I want to show you this from speech, you know, whether it's a craft that they're explaining or if it's a one player game that we've played during our session, but now they're going to play it again on their own at home, um, that they're taking on that responsibility and it's, it's being pulled back from the caregiver. That's a great suggestion. So you're doing that more with your like older kiddos, yeah, right? My older, my older ones, but um, they're not that old. You know, the, the children I work with are typically between two years old and grade two. And I would say starting in about the pre-K age, maybe four or five, um, if I give them, I, I can start to strategize, okay, especially with a more mature child, what can I send home that they're going to initiate doing there? And that can awesome. be a big help for families. Yeah, that's a great suggestion. Yeah. Is there anything else you want to cover today before we wrap up? The other thing I did want to cover is our role as caregivers ourselves. So I feel like a lot of times the SLP is kind of a caregiver of caregivers. Mm -hmm. And I think it's probably a lot of what's contributing to our burnout. Um, we have a lot of things in our field that are struggles, certainly. But I think the the burnout happens when we start to put a lot of expectation on ourselves um, that we can do all, be all for the, the families and kids that we are in charge of, that we're, we're seeing. And I think being more open about conversations that, you know, this is a child that really has me stumped, or this is an area that I don't know a lot about, or it makes me uncomfortable. And even being honest about this is a child that I, or a family that I just don't um, mesh with very well. You know, there's something about this relationship that isn't, isn't allowing me to bring my best self forward. Um, we can make referrals out. Sometimes we can just work 
ourselves on, okay, what's going to make this a better situation for me? You know, maybe this is an opportunity for me to grow. I know for me, when I, I look at it in those terms, sometimes I can be a little more open-minded or um, accepting of myself and my limitations and like, okay, if I'm coming at it this way and it's a moment of growth, then, then maybe I can do it. But um, just being honest with ourselves and others about how, how hard this is, how hard this work can be. Yeah, no, I love that. And I love what you said that we often are a caregiver of caregivers. It's something that I've never really thought about. And you're right. Like we can't do it all. And then we have a personal life as well, outside of the therapy that we provide, you know, we might be a caregiver to a parent who's not well, or a caregiver of a young child or even older children. So we have to have those boundaries within therapy too. So thank you for that reminder. Yes, exactly. So if anybody is interested in connecting with you, where can they find you? So I'm on social media and at my website um, as Activity Taylor. So activitytaylor.com and Activity Taylor on Instagram and Facebook. Awesome. Um, and if you pop over to my Instagram, you can also uh, click on the link to get for tips on communicating with caregivers. And I do have a free intake form that you can use for those initial conversations like we were talking about that you can download too. Amazing. Thank you so much for sharing that with the listeners. Sure. This has been great, Kim. I'm glad we were able to finally connect and I look forward to collaborating again in the future. That sounds great. I'm looking forward to it. Thank you so much for listening. By the way, have you joined the SSU crew yet? By joining, you get access to the free goods section on our website, plus podcast updates, special event notifications, and therapy inspiration. You can sign up at bit.ly slash join SSU crew, all lowercase, or just find the link in this episode description. Also, don't forget to take a screenshot of this episode so that you can always refer back to it and share it on social media if you really love the topic. Take care and remember to always fill your speechy side cup first before you can pour into others.